This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah to bless them and to bless every one of us, to grant us ease, to grant us goodness, and to grant us the best of this world and the next. Ameen. My beloved brothers and sisters, 99% of those who attend Jumu'ah in this country do not understand the Arabic language. So if we look at this masjid, perhaps we might find five or ten people who understand Arabic. The rest of us don't know the Arabic language. For this reason, we miss out on a lot of goodness. Many times we hear the beginning where the Imam commences his lecture. We don't even know what that means. I started my lecture today in a specific way. But the good thing is, I translated it immediately after saying the Arabic. However, Many times when the Imam gets up on the mimbar, many of us don't even know what he says. I want to spend the next few minutes, inshallah, explaining to you some of these beautiful words that are said almost every week, that we sometimes don't realize the impact of, we don't realize the power of. These are beautiful, powerful words, and they really are full of meaning. But sometimes, like I said, because we don't know the language, we lose out on it. You hear the Imam every week. When you hear that, I think with a lot of us, we get a little bit happy to say at least now he's finishing. We know that it's near the end of the khutbah. We say, oh, finally, you know, we're about to start the salah. But we don't realize these are powerful verses. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah, who was one of the khalifas, it is reported that he was the one who repeated these words. And from then it came down all the way to us that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs you. He orders you to uphold justice and to make sure that you uphold and you fulfill the value of kindness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed you to look out for your families, your relatives before everybody else to fulfill the rights and the duties of your family members. It might not be easy. That's why Allah stresses it. You know, in the families, there will always be a small squabble here and there, especially when they become extended families. Allah tells us to make an effort to try and resolve these matters. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discourages us from something. He says, Allah prohibits, this is a verse of the Quran, Yanha anil fahsha, He prohibits immorality. Anything that is immoral, Allah says, stay away from it. Whether it is immoral behavior, immoral words, immoral dressing, etc., immoral in any way, Allah says, stay away from it. Fahsha, wal munkar, anything that is evil, anything that is wrong, anything that is unacceptable, stay away from it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caps that verse by saying, al-baghi. 
anything that is transgression, crossing the limit, going beyond the lines, going beyond the barriers, all of that is prohibited. What a beautiful verse. But more interesting is the beginning of the khutbah that we hear every single Friday. I'm going to use the simplest wording that is perhaps the most common. The Imam starts off by saying, Alhamdulillah. We hear that, right? Sometimes he says, Inna alhamdulillah. They have similar meaning. It is declaring the praise of Allah. All praise is due to Allah. That's how the lecture starts. As Muslims, we start off in the name of Allah and we remind people that all praise is due to Allah. Look at the goodness in your life. Praise Allah. Don't say for a moment that Allah has abandoned me. He forgot me. You've got eyes. You've got a nose. You've got ears. You've got lips. You've got tongue. You've got teeth. You've got everything else. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. So you might not have certain things you want to have, but you've got many things that you've taken for granted. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Remember, on the day of judgment, a caller will call, Aynal ladheena kanu yahmadoon allaha fi sarra'i wa darra'a. Where are those who used to praise Allah in good times and in difficult times? Let's be from amongst them. So alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu. What does the nahmaduhu mean? It's a repetition, reconfirmation of the praise to say we praise Allah indeed all praise belongs to Allah we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what condition we're in there is always hope nahmaduhu nasta'inuhu and we seek his help we seek the help of Allah Allah has kept my life and your life such that you have to need some form of help during your life it's impossible for a person to say I don't need help at all you will need help because Allah's made you that way. When you were born, you needed the help of someone to actually change your diapers or nappies or to look after you, to clean you, to feed you, etc. And as you grow older, you still need someone. But that does not mean that it is Allah who abandoned you. Allah created people around you to fulfill those needs. Be appreciative. Appreciate those around you. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us that. So we seek the help of Allah and Allah sends his help at times through the assistance of someone whom Allah made it easy for to help you. For example, a man is stuck on an island all alone. <laughs> Some of us might like to be there, mashallah. A man is stuck on an island all alone. No stress whatsoever, but there's one worry. Who's going to save me here? So when he starts getting hungry and thirsty and he realizes I can't drink the salty water and I can't really do much and there's not much here, he has to call out to Allah for help. When he says, oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, help me. Suddenly he sees a helicopter and he starts waving his hands, subhanallah. And he waves them frantically, trying to draw the attention of those in the helicopter. And he draws their attention. And subhanallah, when they come down and he asks them, I need some water, I need some food and so on. And they say, no, we're here to take you away. We're here to save you. And if he were to say, no, 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 I'm waiting for the help of Allah. I asked Allah to help me, not you guys. You guys, it's, it's okay. That is foolish. Allah sent them in order to help. Subhanallah. Do you see this? Allah sent them in order to help. So if you're kind to people, if you're good with others, if you actually have good behavior, good conduct, if you're upright, we will be able to assist each other. Allah says in the Quran, Don't forget. Don't forget the virtue amongst yourselves. 
between you, the virtue that Allah has instilled, be virtuous to one another, be kind, fulfill each other's rights, and inshallah you will lead a happy life. But ultimately we seek the help of Allah. In Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah declares and He's instructing us to say, You alone we worship, O Allah. And you alone we seek the help of, O Allah. I promise you, even if you want someone to pass you the ketchup from the other side of the table, it is Allah who will give them the power to do it if He wants. He can cause them paralysis almost instantly and they won't be able to do it. You see the blessing of Allah? So while I tell you, my brother, please pass me the ketchup from that side of the table, I need to know the ultimate giver of the power and the energy to do that is Allah. What was the sin of Qarun? He says, قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي Everything he had in terms of material wealth, and he had a lot, a lot more than all of us put together. Allah says, we gave him so much, but his sin was, he said, hey, this is because of me and my brain. He forgot who gave him the brain. He forgot who gave him the ability to do the deal, who put him in the right place at the right time. If you look at some of the wealthiest people, some of them are not educated. They haven't even been to school past a certain level that we would consider so low. Some of us wouldn't want our daughters to get married to such people had we, know, had we not known early, earlier, subhanallah. And it's factual. Nowadays, when your daughter wants to get married, people say, does he have a degree? Is he a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, etc., etc.? While we do know that it's good to look out for your children, they will not be the happiest and most successful people. Being a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, yes, it is a bonus. But it does not necessarily mean that there is an ingredient of happiness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to make the best decisions, not just for ourselves, but even for our children. Ameen. Yes, it is very important. I see some of my friends sitting here who are doctors and accountants. MashaAllah. Wallahi, we love you. There's absolutely no doubt. You are an asset to our community. The point being made is on a totally different level. And by the way, all of you that I know are probably married, mashallah, beautifully with children. May Allah bless you and all of us. Amen. The point being raised, it's Allah who guides, Allah who gives. I was saying some of the wealthiest people are not educated. And wealth also does not depict happiness and contentment. There are some wealthy people who are ruthless, brutal. They have no character, no scruples, no conduct. They would treat your daughter worse than a slave. She'd probably be suicidal there. The only thing the guy has is money, nothing else. What a poor person. Allahu Akbar, what a poor person. I'd rather someone who has less of the wealth, but they have a great wealth of character, conduct, and the deen. Allah says, He didn't say, He said, if someone comes to you and their level of deen is good, their level of character is good, then let them get married to your children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. But going back to this point that we were saying nasta'inuhu at the beginning of the lecture we always hear nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu we seek the help of allah we seek his help we ask allah always and we know whatever we have is ultimately from allah that's what we're saying nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu and we seek the forgiveness of Allah. My brothers and sisters, many of us are guilty myself included we don't seek the forgiveness of allah enough 
We commit sins sometimes without knowing. We're, we live in environments where minor sins are committed without even us realizing that we've committed a sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for the sins we know, for the sins we don't know, for the minor, for the major, the ones that were committed in public and those that were committed in private. Ameen. My brothers and sisters, seek the forgiveness of Allah. Can I tell you why? It is the heaviest ticket that you have to paradise. It is the most powerful ticket that you have to paradise as a mu'min, as a believer. So you believe in Allah, yes. You will go to Jannah by the will of Allah. But if you really want to get there soon and quick, in, in, in a way that you don't struggle in hellfire, you need to seek the forgiveness of Allah. Do you really want to go to Jannah? Have hope in the mercy of Allah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Muhammad وسلم, is instructed to tell the worshippers of Allah don't ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Seek His forgiveness. He will forgive all your sins. All the sins. If you seek forgiveness, Allah will even forgive shirk. Allah will even forgive association or partnership with Him. If you seek the forgiveness. When Allah says He doesn't forgive shirk or association or partnership, He's only talking about those who died without repentance. That's who he's talking about. But if you're alive, you seek forgiveness from any sin. Allah will forgive you. The Prophet ﷺ did not need to seek forgiveness, but he sought forgiveness up to a hundred times a day. The Prophet ﷺ used to seek the forgiveness of Allah up to a hundred times a day, more than 70 times a day. Did he need it? The answer was a loud no. He didn't need it. He, what sins did he have? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But the idea, the lesson was for you and I to learn, subhanallah. How many times do I say astaghfirullah thinking about what I've said? It's easy to say astaghfirullah, 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 astaghfirullah after salah or whenever without knowing what you're saying. Like I said, 99% of those who attend the Jumu'ah in this country do not speak the Arabic language. So they don't even know what is being said in the khutbah. They have no idea, no clue. We say, we are seeking your forgiveness of Allah. They don't even know what you're talking about. So it's important for us to go back and ponder. These are powerful words. They were taught by the Prophet ﷺ. So it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that if the best of creation sought the forgiveness of Allah 100 times, how many are you doing? I promise you, even I'm guilty. Like I said earlier, even I'm guilty. Why should I lie? We all need to do better than what we are doing right now. May Allah forgive us. When you say Astaghfirullah, it's humbleness, it's humility. <laughs> I'm thinking about my sin. Astaghfirullah, oh Allah, forgive me. I've committed sins. Like I said, some we know, some we can't, we don't even know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly forgive us. Ameen. We believe in Allah. That's another part of that khutbah. We will hear it, subhanallah, constantly. Alhamdulillahi na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. Now you understand what we're saying, right? Wa nu'minu bihi and we believe in him. We believe in Allah. He is the maker. 
the nourisher, the cherisher, the sustainer, the provider, the protector, the curer, the one in whose hands lies absolute control of every single aspect of existence. He is Allah. He is my maker. The one whom I'm going to go back to, the one whom I hope for his mercy. Subhanallah. وَالَّذِي أَطْمَعُ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ لِي خَطِيئَةِ يَوْمَ الدِّينِ Ibrahim alayhi salam saying, He is Allah, the one who grants me cure when I'm sick, the one who feeds me when I'm hungry, the one who guides me when I'm astray, the one whom I am hoping for his mercy on the day of judgment. When I see him, when I meet him, when he is taking account of my deeds, I have hope in his mercy that he will forgive my sin. Subhanallah. In our case, he will forgive our sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Have hope in the mercy of Allah. He loves you. You are here in his house. It is an honor. If I were to come to your house, it shows a close relationship. If I can walk in and out of your house at any time, what does it show? I'm close to you. Subhanallah. The houses of Allah, when Allah puts it in your heart to come to his house and to enjoy the beautiful ambience, the spirituality, the feeling, the prayer, Allah loves you, there's no doubt, even though you might be going through hardship and difficulty. You're a human, you might commit a sin or two or more. It does not mean Allah does not love you. He's waiting for you. So much so that when you seek forgiveness, Allah becomes so happy that the description is mentioned in a whole hadith that would be a whole topic of discussion one day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with us seeking forgiveness. Allah knows that we sin. Allah knows that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us. We believe in Allah. This is very powerful. We lay our trust in Allah. My brothers and sisters, this means there will be uncertainty in your life. You don't know whether you're going to be alive tomorrow. You have a small pain in the chest. And you think you're going to die of a heart attack leaving your children young. What do you do? You cannot become depressed. Allah is telling you, look, although it's just a little bit of gas here, but we've actually made you feel like you're about to die so that you can think, where am I going to go? But وَنَتَوَكَّلُ عَلَيْهِ Oh Allah, I lay my trust in you. I know I'm going to a good place. I know you're going to look after me. أَتَوَكَّلُ عَلَيْكَ So what? If I die, my children will be looked after. Sometimes my wife might get a better husband than me. Subhanallah. May Allah forgive us. I said something. Sometimes my children might get a better father, although he might be a stepfather, he might look after them better than me or mother or whoever else. May Allah forgive us. Don't worry. If your time is up, there is nothing that you can do to stop that. When the fixed and prescribed time of Allah comes, there is nothing that will delay it if only but you knew. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So my brothers and sisters, we must lay our trust in Allah. There will be uncertainty. There will be fear. We don't know what's happening. People have lost a lot of money in this country because of so many financial obstacles that are such in Zimbabwe. The financial situation requires you to explain to a person who wants to understand it from another country to talk to them for one week before they might get a small understanding of what's going on in the country. 
Otherwise, you come here and live for one week or two weeks, and then you will see what's happening. Subhanallah. But you and I, people say, how much is this? You say, what price? RTGS, EcoCash, this thing, that thing, US dollar, under the table, over the table, on the left or on the right. Each one has a different rate. When people look at you, what's going on? We lay our trust in you, O oh Allah. You are the Lord of the worlds. You will take care of us. You will look after us. That doesn't mean don't use your brain. Do whatever Allah has given you in terms of capacity to protect yourself. You don't just jump into the fire and say, That's called tawakul. At tawakul means to lay false trust in Allah. You did not tie your camel and you say, Allah will look after it. If it's written for my car to go, it will go. No. You tie the camel and then you say, I did what Allah gave me in terms of capacity to do. The rest of it is in the hands of Allah. Subhanallah. Now Allah will take care of it. And if it was written to go, it will go. Don't be despondent. Allah knows what's better for you. Wow. Subhanallah. And we seek refuge in Allah. From the evil of ourselves. What is the evil of yourself? Sometimes our own nafs, our soul calls us towards that which is wrong. We say, oh Allah, protect us. Help us to control this. Ya amanu in Oh, you who believe, if you're conscious of Allah, He will give you the ability to distinguish the criterion. What your soul is telling you and what you're supposed to be doing are two different things. Your heart calls you to one thing, meaning your soul, and your brain tells you another thing. What do you do? You do what pleases Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the power and the strength to follow what we know is right. Subhanallah. So, we need to seek the protection in Allah from the bad of our own souls. And then you know what? And we seek protection in Allah from the bad deeds. Number one, so that we don't commit them. Number two, which is far more important, and I think I'll end on this note. The evil effect of a deed that you did, you need to ask Allah to protect you from that. You do something bad, you ate something haram, you committed a sin, you did not seek forgiveness. If you seek forgiveness, you are cleaning it up, mopping it up. But if you did not seek forgiveness and you, you did something really bad, the evil of that will come to haunt you. You might not be able to think when someone has eaten haram, they are doing haram, their clothes are haram, their, everything is haram. Even your own dua might not be accepted. The hadith says, Your whole life is haram. You are not worried about Allah at all. Then you want to say, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. Subhanallah. How can you call out to Allah? First make peace with Allah. When I want something from you, if there is enmity between you and I, what are the chances of me getting one cent out of you? Zero. But if there is a friendship between you and I, I can say, brother, I need to borrow a million. You'll say, don't worry, two million. Anyway, I'm still looking for that type of a guy, by the way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. But I'm, I'm giving you an example of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you more than that. He will create miracles for you. But make a relationship with Him. Get up for tahajjud sometime. Do your five salah at least. Seek forgiveness of Allah. You're in good books. Now you say, oh Allah, give me. Oh Allah, protect me from the evil of my deeds. 
because I know I did bad deeds. I don't want bad to come as a result of that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I could go on and on, but inshallah we'll leave it for another time.